Are you seeing any kind of decline in that traditional TV for OTT? Because I'm, I'm actually thinking that maybe both are strong now. We just talked about how powerful news is and people just want to eat that up. But then they want to maybe chillax with, you know, their Netflix or whatever it is. So what's going on with traditional versus OTT? Yeah, it's really a shift that's going on. So people certainly aren't abandoning regular live TV, but it is a shift. Hey, it's E.B. Moss, and this is episode four of Insider Interviews, and I'm here with Betsy Rella of NYI. Hey, Betsy. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm sitting here in my bedroom. How about you? I am sitting here in my bedroom as well. That's my new home office in this new, new normal. Betsy, we have a lot to cover today, and I really wanted to talk to you because... Quite frankly, this is really about data and measurement and, you know, how you're navigating things at NYI, which we'll explain in a second. So, Betsy, I know enough to be dangerous about data and measurement, so I'm really glad we're talking. But, you know, we said how we were recording from our respective bedrooms. So before we get going, since we are recording at a time when New York City is the epicenter for the pandemic in the U.S., Let me know how you're doing and how's everybody doing. Sure. So I am doing well. Uh, For NYI, the company really made sure early on that everyone was set up to work from home and made sure you had the equipment that you needed and the connections that you needed. You know, everybody in this world does everything on shared drives. So we all had to be able to get into our shared drives. And we were all set up on Microsoft Teams. So instead of walking down the hall and asking someone a question, you're either chatting through Teams or we're doing a a video call. So everybody is really tight and everything is still happening. It's business as usual. We're all very busy, but it's great in that we haven't skipped a beat. Great. Well, I can see you on uh, the Squadcast platform that I use. So I see your face, although we're only capturing the audio. So it's really nice to see a human. Yay. Yay, I hear that. <laughs> now, part of what I really try to do with insider interviews is make information accessible. And I have to say that if we can communicate exactly what's going on in the world of TV measurement these days, I will be your best friend. And I think a lot of people will appreciate this. And you are the woman for the job. And I'm going to tell listeners why. You've been a senior executive for years at networks like MTV. And I just missed you at Lifetime Television Mm -hmm. and the Weather Channel. You were at Ipsos, which is like pure research. And then you were at TiVo, which is advanced advertising. So now you're VP of research and data for NYI. And I'm just going to say it's a joint venture between Altice, Comcast, and Charter and their affiliates for the New York DMA. Is that right? That's right. Exactly. Okay. So I know this being the biggest market you can reach around like 17 million people and that means you also can get really granular data but i'm going to i'm going to stop there and i want to start with you um with all those kind of stops along the path to nyi how did they help you in this role and then i want to know about nyi itself sure so i came to nyi 2 years ago this month exactly Happy anniversary. Um, thank you. 
Uh, so two years I came from TiVo, which was a great experience and learned all about data, which we'll be talking about today. So prior to that, my experience was, as you're saying, on the network side. So I had started out in broadcast, working at ABC, and uh, then worked at several cable networks, supporting ad sales, supporting programming, scheduling, marketing, finance, uh, you name it. You know, research is always in the thick of it and feeding that data and those insights and analysis to all the different areas within a company. So this job uh, was really perfect for me in that I get to be in the thick of it here. So it really, uh, this role brought everything together in terms of what I'd been doing in the past. So linear, digital, now advanced TV, OTT, uh, and data, which runs through everything. So I always feel it's important to be learning at every job that you're at and expanding that skill set. Uh, as a manager, I'm always making sure my team is learning and growing. Um, so the more valuable you are through that experience, uh, more valuable you are to the organization you're with or to the next organization. Um, so I feel like at each role, I kind of was adding layers on top of layers. So broadcast, digital, um, data. Uh, when I was at Ipsos, it was all your primary research. So doing brand studies, doing pilot test studies, uh, segmentation studies, you know, tons of, you know, focus groups, quantitative surveys, all of that. So here at NYI, I get to do everything. You know, we did a survey last year for uh, one of our news channels. Um, we're doing uh, dealing with data every day. We're dealing with different vendors every day. So it all kind of comes together here in that NYI, which you said is is that joint venture between Altice, Comcast, and Charter. That coverage within New York is just is huge. You know, we're um, in a footprint of uh, over 7.5 million households with broadband only um, included. We're looking at 20 plus million consumers, 66 plus million screens. And we offer a suite of products that are across all the different platforms. So it's all come together in this role with data as the common thread through all of it. So Betsy, overall then, if you were stuck in the proverbial elevator, how would you describe what NYI is? NYI, New York Interconnect, we are a joint venture between Altice USA, Comcast, and Charter. So when you think of all the different cable and satellite providers within there's the US, and then for us, it's just within the New York market. So we are basically repping that inventory on linear and digital and so on for those uh, providers that we are partnered with. So as the consumer is everywhere engaging with content on all these different platforms and the advertiser needs to follow them. So we're here to help those advertisers flight across these different platforms. And then we are able to report on it, measure it and uh, do the backend attribution as well. Got it. And the other definition I kind of want to get out of the way is what does TV refer to these days? I, I mean, when I'm talking to my friends and I say, oh, I watched Tiger King or Station 19 or Better Things. Now you have an insight into my favorite shows. Uh, I don't say I watched on VOD or SVOD or I streamed it. Tell me about what TV is defined as, at least for our conversation. Yeah, exactly. I think most people just talk about the shows that they're watching. And did you see this? And everybody's talking about Tiger King right now. So 
the title of it comes to mind first, but I think it's about two things. It's about the content, of course, and it's about how it's distributed. So what network or what platform that it's on. So people say, I was watching Netflix the other day, or it's on Hulu, um, or it's on cable, or you know, ESPN is having a great new documentary soon about um, the polls. So that's getting a lot of press. Um, so it depends on you know, who you're talking to, you know, whether it's a, a regular person or someone in the media industry, um, but it depends on where you watch it. So um, now with all the different platforms that are available, you could be watching on your TV set, you could be watching on your phone, you could be watching on your computer, you could be watching on your iPad. Um, and then there's different, what Nielsen classifies, I guess, as types of households. So you could be a home that is a cable home or an over-the-air home or a broadband-only home. So you could be a household that has the pipe coming into the house in essence for just for internet, so you're designated that broadband only household. So you don't have regular TV service and live TV, but you're subscribing to Netflix or you're getting um, you know, that information, that content coming through the internet only. Um, so the great thing is content is huge right now and it's, it's everywhere. Um, people are still buying TVs. They're buying huge TVs that they're putting on their walls. So TV in, in some ways is still TV. The set is still there. Uh, more and more content is available, whether it's through ad-supported cable networks, whether it's through pay channels. Um, it is everywhere, and, and there's new ones launching every day. Peacock is launching soon. But in some ways, TV is, is still a, a TV. But the great thing is that there is this content explosion right now. Got it. Very well put. And now we're going to get even more granular because I want to ask you about three main areas that, you know, you so directly support and which I think NYI is uh, pretty much an expert in. So that's this thing called impression-based buying and selling, the future of holistic media planning and targeting, and then the rise of CTV. So we understand what we're talking about in terms of what and where NYI supports advertising. Um, we've talked about, you know, the forms of TV. So uh, now I want to talk about how your sellers uh, are doing their thing. And, and let's start with that impressions based. So I think in the past, if you bought TV, you bought mostly based on ratings against a demo, like, you know, how many people, 18 to 49, that cursed go-to demo, <laughs> watched a certain program in the most basic terms, right? So now there's this trend of impression-based buying. So what's your definition of that? And how is it different from what we've been doing? Right. So if we take a step back, the standard for many years in TV has been ratings and cost per point. Nielsen used program audience as a proxy for ad delivery, essentially. And with the dawn of these new technologies, uh, phones and tablets and so on, and the ability for consumers to engage with content on all these platforms, the game has now changed. So with consumers now visiting sites or watching video on multiple platforms, the need has really emerged for advertisers to flight campaigns across these multiple platforms. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you can't measure it, you can't sell it. So as advertisers need to follow the consumer and be everywhere they are, so became the need to measure flights across 
platforms as audience fragmentation grew. So if you look at, for example, Nielsen data, overall time spent with video is relatively flat over the last two years, but what's changed is how they're viewing it. So we see a decline in live plus time shifted TV, but an increase in viewing on TV connected devices, smartphones and tablets. So this begs the question, how do you measure all the viewing across these many platforms so you can report back to the client in a more unified way? So that's all the impressions across all of these different screens. Exactly. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So that would provide, using impressions allows for a common metric across the devices, across platforms. So it's really unifying linear and digital. And it also eliminates any ratings discrepancies from using different universes. So on the national side, you know, when I worked on national network side, everyone in that national world is using those Nielsen, you know, TV universes. Um, but on the local side, you can look at the full DMA or you can look at a specific zone or it's market to market. So using impressions, it eliminates the fact that you have a different universe um, in different places. So impressions allows you to approach buying and selling from a more holistic perspective across markets and across screens. Okay, that makes sense. And so this was triggered because of people watching everywhere. And, and so I guess this is the wave of the future. It, yes, yes, exactly. It's definitely the direction we all need to be moving in. And it's important because it allows the seller to then generate impression goals across multiple platforms. And essentially, you want to post on it as well. So digital, you know, the key metric there is typically impressions. So shifting TV from ratings to impressions, and then you want to add in things like over the top, brings all those pieces together. So they're on the same playing field. Yes, that's right. Okay. So that's good for the consumer and the advertiser or just the advertiser? What does this mean to me? It's definitely better for the advertiser as it does provide this common currency across platforms. And then they can evaluate their campaign in aggregate with it all laddering up to that one metric. And it's helpful Mm -hmm. to the consumer because once the advertiser can now plan and target with looking at all those different pieces in one place, they can be more targeted, be more effective with their dollars as this standardized view will help them to evaluate and inform outcomes and distribution. And then the consumer, as a result of that, gets more targeted ads, a better user experience, and the marketer can focus on that key audience and thereby eliminating waste. Where does, you you tell me that the ads will be more targeted to me. What about ad skipping? Ad skipping in TV or anywhere? Or, yeah, anywhere. If it's all impressions-based now. Yeah. Well, ad skipping, you know, right now people can do it, obviously, in TV when they're in playback and they can do it online where it's telling you, you know, where you can skip in as it counts down, three, two, one. But um you know, I've seen things over and over again where people are saying advertising is still important. They still want advertising. They still want to learn about new products. They go back, you know, in television, they go back and play the ad. They might be skipping through it and fast forwarding through it. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. I want to see that ad or that was funny or here's that new movie coming out and I want to see the ad for it. So it definitely still has a place. You're not going to prevent everybody from skipping the ads, but we need a place to unify it all at this point. So before we get to our, our two other topics, are you seeing any trends now that everybody's staying home? 
Age trends, yes. We are definitely seeing that. So we've looked at uh, ratings, we've looked at audience usage, and we have seen that people definitely staying home is having this impact. So usage levels have surged across multiple day parts. And it's not just adults. We're seeing growth in teens and adult and 18 to 34s as well. Ratings are up, of course, for news networks. So that's up across the board, not only in early morning, but daytime, weekends, and even the overnight day parts. So we're seeing people staying up later than they were before. We're seeing live TV is up. DVR playback is up. Streaming in New York is up 44%. That's a pretty big number. Um, when, when was that measured, Betsy? How long ago? Um, that was just recent weeks. Yeah, oh, in March, okay. for sure. Do you think that with more families home together that there is more shared viewing? Yes, more co-viewing going on. Absolutely. Um, uh-huh. People are, you know, stuck home and, you know, kids shows viewing is up as well. So um, whereas uh, they wouldn't have had the TV before, now they're home. So they're homeschooled right. and uh, doing everything online. I know my kids are doing that and they're up early, get their work done, and then they kind of have the rest of the day. So they're watching TV, they're going online, they're doing lots of different things. Yeah, there's probably a few parents that are happy that Barney isn't playing over and over. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm more, sure. More options. So we're actually seeing some things that I'm sure will continue to be revealed as more surveys come out in even the coming weeks. Um, and in the meantime, there's another buzzword that it was talked a lot about at the VAB conference um, a couple months back, holistic media planning. So how does that dovetail with impression-based buying? And and what's the actual definition of that holistic media planning and measurement? Holistic means pulling everything together. So right now you get TV in one place, digital another place. You know, we're getting data in in from different systems, from our partners, from um, different places, so that ideally you would have one platform where everything's feeding into it. Everything in terms of um, you know your TV piece, your digital piece, your OTT piece, your set-top box video on-demand piece, um, and that way you can look at them all separately, but put it all together for an advertiser. So have everything feeding in from that you know usage perspective, um, and then be able to plan off of that and have everything ideally flow through from the planning, targeting, reporting, and attribution all the way down to that back end. So that's pretty different from the traditional media. What are the advantages of this? And and how do your, your sellers talk about this offering or this opportunity with NYI? Yeah, so at NYI, we have that ability to flight the campaign across the multiple platforms. We We're in conversations all the time with vendors out there who are really starting to change the game and have that ability to pull different pieces into the platform. So I don't think anyone's 100% there yet, but they've definitely made a lot of progress. So whether you're looking at in that one platform, set-top box data and digital data um, and OTT data and having to the ability to do those inventory checks as well. So you need your inventory to be feeding into it. So not only how am I doing on you know Monday night on ESPN, but I need to do an inventory check as well. 
Um, so that way you can see how does all this come together and create that media plan using all those different platforms. Okay. And, and so what are the challenges then? Is, is it adoption? It's a few things. So part of it involves legacy thinking and workflows that have existed for decades. Um, Otherwise known as old dogs, new tricks. Old dogs, new tricks. <laughs> and, and quite honestly, the systems themselves. Right. Mm. So there's Nielsen data for TV that you can pull from Nielsen software or third party processors. Digital data we're getting from our partners or our providers for a campaign. So that's coming in in a different place. But it all needs to feed into that one platform so that you're not operating on this siloed basis. It's all coming into one place because Ideally, you need to pull it all in and report to your client what you've guaranteed against what you've delivered so they can see how that all ladders up. And then you need to be able to report on it and ultimately invoice it. So I know that you're my my data and research Sherpa, and I appreciate you explaining all of this so well, um, but you are also with NYI. So are the things you're describing universal for, uh, you know, television publishers in general. Uh, I know that you at NYI have something called Linear Plus. Is that a unique offering? Tell me like universally and specifically. Yeah. So I think it depends. I think pulling it all together is is what the industry is moving towards. It depends on the seller of what products, what platforms you're selling. So at NYI, we do have a plethora of all these different platforms. So we are looking to pull it all together. Um, some people might just be selling TV. Some people might just be selling uh, digital. So it kind of depends on who you are and what your products are. One of our products is Linear Plus. Um, so that is a little different. It's a full footprint execution as campaigns are served to our entire footprint of 6.2 million households in the New York market. And it's a data-driven product, so it utilizes either first or third-party data uh, coming from um, either the client themselves or from um, third parties that we have partnerships with. Or it could be a TV viewing segment that we create on our own based on the set-top box data that we have access to through Altice. So um, those segments are used to inform the media plan. And at uh, the end of the campaign, we provide the Nielsen impression data based on the campaign to the client, as well as the impression delivery based on that targeted segment. So it's, okay. it's different from our addressable offering, which targets only those households in the segment, while Linear Plus flights through all the 6.2 million households. Okay. And then there's one other offering that you have, which is Audience One. I mean, it sounds like that's your kind of holistic approach. Am I wrong? No, you're right. Uh, audience, yeah. <laughs> audience one is um, pulling it all together. So uh, we are essentially one-stop shopping, whether you're looking for linear TV or addressable, OTT, set-top box video on demand, even live streaming we have. Uh, through our news channels. So we have the advantage of selling over 100 basic cable networks and over 70 geographic zones, as well mm -hmm. as the hyperlocal news channels, News 12 and New York One. So we can help marketers find their audience and target them across multiple platforms and report back on those specific segments 
and more importantly, provide the attribution analytics so they can see if their campaign moves the needle in terms of sales or site visitation or TV tune-in. So we can sell it all with one phone call, hence the name Audience One. Got it. Now, you mentioned a couple of things in there. I want to dovetail off of that, which is um, news. And, of course, with Spectrum One and News 12, um, what's going on now, Betsy, with local news? Oh, it's exploding. I can't keep the one sheets (laughs) out fast enough. Um, So News 12 and New York One for us are doing great, as well as the cable networks. Um, Como Prime Time has had it's you know keeps hitting its highest 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 uh, ratings, so doing really really well. And I think people are just flocking to news right now. You know the situation kind of changes every day. It's uh, I was watching a little bit this morning, and now they're talking about you know the antibody testing. Uh, it was a story. So um, as everything keeps evolving, I think everyone's just eating it up. And what should I do? And how do I shop for groceries safely? And and uh, all of that. So I, I think um, it's still on this huge consumption phase. That That's good, because I was concerned that um, network news might be cannibalizing the local news. But it, I, I think maybe people are just glomming on yeah. to news overall. Ab- yeah, absolutely. We're seeing our local news channels as well as you know, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, they're all up in double digits and it's not early morning. It's in daytime as well. So people are watching throughout the day. That's good because I guess you have to do some category swapping in terms of what you're selling now with the demise of live sports, for example. Um, So crazy times. Um, But, you know, we, we talked about Tiger King and, and um, I, I also watched, unorthodox. And um, there are so many things now on OTT. I want to get back to our third chapter, which is um, what is CTV or connected TV? And what's the difference between that and OTT? Sure. I love these acronyms. I know there's all too many. There's (laughs) like new ones every day. Um, So connected TV refers to a TV set that's connected to the internet through either built-in internet capability or through another device, such as a gaming console, Apple TV, Google Chromecast, or Roku, for example. OTT, which stands for over-the-top TV, refers to an app or website which provides streaming video content through the internet versus through um, traditional distribution like cable, satellite, or so on. So it's not... That would be like Hulu. Right, you're getting that content through the through um, that internet, not the cable itself. Oh, okay. Essential. Got it. Yeah. So, are you seeing any kind of decline in that traditional TV for OTT? Because I'm I'm actually thinking that maybe both are strong now. We just talked about how powerful news is, and people just want to eat that up but then they want to maybe chillax with, you know, their Netflix or whatever it is. So what's going on with traditional versus OTT? Yeah, it's really a shift that's going on. So people certainly aren't abandoning regular live TV. 
but it is a shift. So we know that about 130 million adults nationally are streaming nonlinear video to their TV set through an interconnected device or a smart TV. So that's about 56%. And it, it differs by geography. So the top streaming markets are in that 60 to 70% range. New York is just below at about 59%. Um, and if you look at Nielsen data, the average time spent on video is about five and a half hours a day, basically flat versus the prior year. But while that traditional TV viewing, so live plus time shifting, um, we see an increase in TV connected devices while traditional TV viewing is dropping off a bit. So TV connected devices growing from uh, 47 minutes a day to nearly an hour a day. But we're seeing that live plus time shifted TV still accounts for the most time spent in an average day. So that's about four hours. So it's not as if traditional viewing has disappeared. Everybody's abandoned it. It's still the largest chunk of the day when you look at all the other pieces. So whether it's live time shifted, you know, looking at different devices, OTT, digital and so on. It sounds like you're in pretty good shape then. I mean, it sounds like NYI is hitting it on on all fronts. It sounds like people are still consuming on all fronts. Is there any shift in selling now? I mean, honestly, you are an organization that is, you know, focused on sales. And and how do you keep building relationships now from home? What's going on on the front? No handshaking anymore. No handshaking anymore. (laughs) Um, but we're doing WebExes. We are reaching out to clients uh, as much as we were before. And there's actually some new clients that are coming on board given the new environment that we're in. So as I said, we really haven't skipped a beat and the sales force is full steam ahead. And my team has been full steam ahead, giving them all the you know, collateral that they need, all the messaging, all the information that they need to share so that people understand, you know, what we were talking about earlier, you know, usage is up, uh, ratings are up, um, things like people listening to the radio in their cars is down because you're not driving to work anymore. You're home. Yeah. Um, so while podcasts may be up, um, we know in the car is, is down. We know that people are not moving around as much. You know, we're, we're still here and we're operating business as usual. So everything that we could sell before, we can still sell now. So there's there's no issues there. What's what's the favorite part of your day? I mean, you you pulled data from a lot of different sources and you talked about first party and third party and um you know, there's so much evolving now. What do you love doing, Betsy? It's always fun to find those stories. I like looking at a whole bunch of things and then calling it down to, you know, if you had to say, pull it on one slide, what did you learn? You know, what's the bullet? That's what I like doing. So I like being able to sit with it and grab my highlighter and kind of go through it all (laughs) and then say, you know, if, if the head of our company, Ed Renneker says, so, okay, what did you find? I have to be able to say, well, news is up, but entertainment is also up and radio's down and this and this. So, you know, what would be those three sentences? Because, you know, it's it's um, important to feed it out, I think, in, in that understandable um, bite-sized way in some cases. So people aren't bogged down with like, oh, here's, you know, a 90-page deck. It's like no one has the time for that. But I may start with a 90-page deck and then I give them out of that 
here's the five slides. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for people like you. Um, so any of your favorite highlighted bullets that you want to share with us? Any uh, prognostications for the future? I think for the future, um, you know, right now it's definitely a difficult time for everyone and people are dealing with a lot of different things and advertisers are in this new environment. It's what I've been seeing and and what you've probably been seeing is um, a different tone that advertisers are striking now. Uh, I saw a study that um, 22% of consumers say they want brands to share information on how they're supporting their staff and customers during this time. Others are saying they want the ads to provide a sense of continuity and normalcy. Some people are looking for upbeat ads. So um, while advertising has been impacted for sure, um, it's not going away. And we know that advertising, we've seen, you know, studies over the past many years that say even in down times, you still want to stay top of mind. You still want to have your message out there. You still want to tell consumers that you're there for them, whether you're an insurance company or an automotive company, you know, LinkedIn, helping people get jobs now. We know the unemployment claims have skyrocketed. So, as the companies are there for them, we want to be there to help get their message out. That's great. I, I love the way you put that. I I feel hopeful about the industry I love. Um, I think that's great advice for, for brands. And I guess we just have to soldier on, as they say. Yeah, I think that's, that's where we are right now. So um, everybody's just kind of hands in a circle and, and we're all getting through it. Yes. Betsy Rella, thank you for being my data and research Sherpa, my dictionary, my all things TV explainer (laughs) for NYI. You're awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you got some good inside scoop from this podcast. There's a lot more where this one came from. So please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you download your podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, you know the drill. I also want to thank Eric Klein for his excellent editing and my friend John Clayton for the fantastic theme music for insider interviews with E.B. Moss.